Hey, my name's Gary Rayburn, and I want to introduce you to Lonesome Road Ministry. It's a ministry all about truckers and their families and whosoever's that are out on the road. We do podcasts, we do radio programs, and we do a CD ministry. And I hear from drivers every day who have been touched, have been changed, and their families are getting saved and changed. And I want to share a couple real quick testimonies with you from some of the drivers that have called in. Here's a driver, and this tells you how our ministry works. And it's very simple. One hand to the other hand. A driver handed this guy a CD, and he ended up getting saved, and he's become a part of our ministry. Gary, this is Charles English. Uh, August 28th, I was driving down uh, U.S. off in the 45 in Mississippi. I was listening to one of the, your CDs. It was by Terry Hopkins. The title of it was uh, Bus 19. I probably listened to that uh, CD several times. And uh, for some reason, it just really touched my heart. And Right at the end of the thing, it was, you know, I just, I couldn't stand it anymore. I just, when he started saying the prayer salvation and everything, I just, I said the prayer with him and everything, and I felt Jesus come into my heart at that time, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Y'all have a great ministry, keep up the good work, and if there's any any way I can help or anything I can do, just let me know. Thank you. Bye now. Someone handed him a CD, and it changed not only his life, but it changed his family's life at home. And we use a lot of different music and testimonies and some of the best preaching that you'll ever hear. Preaching like uh, messages by James Payne. Everybody loves James Payne. He is a great friend of the ministry, and he has some of the most anointed preaching you'll ever hear. And we use a lot of his preaching and a lot of his great music that he has. The drivers really connect with James Payne. Well, I'll let one of the drivers tell you about James Payne. Gary, this is Donnie Dobson. I've been listening to this James Payne, a lot of his CDs that you sent me in that I picked up. I just wanted to say that James Payne is an awesome, awesome pastor, testimony, and a man of God. I just... I'm totally amazed at his abilities to preach, to sing, to play the guitar. He's a wonderful individual. Thank you. So as you see by that testimony right there, our uh, CDs, our podcasts, they not only reach lost and hurting people, but they also help Christian drivers out there on the road and brings them up. I remember when I first picked up a cassette tape on the road back in 1999, I thought, man, this is just what I need out here on the road. This is going to help me stay connected to Jesus. It's going to help me till I can get back to my family and my church. And I looked in every truck stop I could find for these cassette tapes. And finally, I picked up one and the Lord spoke to me. This is your ministry. This is what I've called you to do. Start a tape ministry. So that is how the Lonesome Road ministry began way back in October of 2000. And God is wanting to raise us up to new levels. He's bringing more people 
to get involved in what we're doing. I mean, the trucking industry has so many new drivers. We hear from new drivers all the time, and it's very imperative that we get the gospel in the hands of these people out on the road. And I appreciate any support or help that you can give us. We covet your prayers. I'm going to be praying for you, and I'm praying that God will continue to bless your company, your business, your church, your health, your finances. We are blessed and highly favored if we choose to walk in it. The lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line. I've been on the road so long, I've lost track of time. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever till the day that I died. I said, 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day that I die I said hey This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn and Chaplain Daryl Spicer of In the Cab Radio, and we are excited about our program. We'd like to get in and ride along with you for a little while. Just share some great music from our good friend James Payne. So, Daryl, let's get in the cab. Yeah, you get in the cab. I want to jump back here in the bunk. This driver here has a store-bought truck. Look at the size of this refrigerator. I think he's got an ice maker. Oh, we're going to make us some slushies.
So, so driver, it's going to be an awesome time. Put this thing in the big hole, put her on cruise, and let's go down the road. You're going to love what you're going to hear today. Well, I mean, James Payne has written thousands of songs. I mean, what an artist he is. What a man of God he is. He's preached all over the world, and he sang all over the world. Uh, James Payne has been around for a long time. Matter of fact, Daryl is the one that introduced me to James Payne, and I really appreciate that, brother. It's been a big boost in our ministry having James Payne on board. He has helped me tremendously. James is an awesome man of God. He is who he says he is. Now, he doesn't have any feelings, and he don't think you should have any either. <laughs> I mean, he'll tell you how the cow eat the cabbage in a heartbeat, but he does it because he loves people. He loves this ministry, Lonesome Road Ministries, what it's done out there in the industry for the last 18 years in the trucking industry. And James came up here to Carmi a few years ago. Yeah, it was about five years ago. Yep. And we have a uh, conference every year. And James came up here, I invited him, and I, I didn't think he'd come. I mean, <laughs> what does he want to do with a bunch of old truck drivers? Right. But you know what? He came up here and he said, I've never seen a ministry like this before. The world needs to know about Lonesome Road Ministries because he has a heart for the truck driver. And he's told stories about how he's been down in truck stops and drivers come up to him and say, man, you James Payne, I heard you on Lonesome Road Ministry CDs. Yeah. You know, we've made him world famous. Almost. Almost. <laughs> no, James has been around a lot of years. And uh, he again, he's an awesome man of God. He tells the truth. He tells it like it is. And to be honest with you, he's a man's man. Yeah, he is. He really is. James had a song back in the 90s, I think, that crossed over into the country charts. And this song here is one of, well, it's one of my favorite James Payne songs. And this song uh, that I'm talking about is a song called The Night Jack Daniels Met John 316. We've all had some of that old number seven. <laughs> but we sure needed a lot more of John 316 in their lives. Amen. Amen. I remember when I... Give my heart to the Lord. Nobody had to tell me I needed to get rid of that spirit. And I came home a couple of days after I gave my heart to the Lord, and I got that half a gallon of gentleman Jack Daniels. That's $50 a half a gallon. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. I ain't going to say I didn't have a tear when I poured it out <laughs> out there in the woods, but I knew in my heart of hearts, like the word said, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So you had a Jack Daniels at John 316 experience. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, let's play the song, okay? Go for it, brother. All right, here you go. James Payne, the night Jack Daniels met John 316. I remember the night end of my road in a motel in Nashville searching for hope in my hand was a Bible I read as a child on the table was a bottle that was driving me wild I poured the whiskey into the glass I prayed it would help me forget my past 
Then I read how Jesus died on that tree And I poured out the whiskey and fell down on my knees And that night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16 God's word broke the hole that he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey a Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 Now when I see those old friends That I to know down at that old place where I used to go they tell me I'm different than I used to be when oh, I love to tell them what happened to me that night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16 God's word broke the hope that he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey for Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels met John 3 16 That night old Jack Daniels met John 3:16 Hey Daryl, I know what we need right now. What's that, Gary? We need a lot. <laughs> I know I know what we need right now. I hate to rudely interrupt you, but our good friend James Payne there you go. James Payne, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, you always say that. <laughs> uh, uh, you're always reading my mind. <laughs> well, it's a short read. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put on James Payne. Yes, sir. To the saint and the sinner, the losers and winners, Sometimes the rain's gonna fall On the bad and the good and the misunderstood Storms will come to us all I found the answer from heartache to cancer Thank God in spite of the pain Cause when I start praising, things begin changing by learning to dance in the rain I'm learning to smile When I feel like crying Live every day As if I were dying I'm learning the lesson of Praising God through the pain I'm learning to stand My heart is breaking 
to hold to the cross when my hands are shaking. Lord, through it all, learning to dance in the rain. When the clouds start together, bring in bad weather. There's no silver line in sight. Prayers have been prayed, but the answer's delayed. And you're holding on for dear life. Whether you walk on water or if you falter, He'll be there when you call His name. You'll get the victory, and you'll solve the mystery. By learning to dance in the rain I'm learning to smile When I feel like crying To live every day As if I were dying I'm learning the lesson Praising God through the pain I'm learning to stand When my heart is breaking To hold to the cross when my hands are shaking Lord, through it all Learning to dance in the rain I'm learning to dance Learning to dance Learning to dance in the rain Dancing in the Rain, that's another number one song by James Payne. Oh man, I'll tell you, he is amazing. He's had over 60 number one songs. He's written thousands of songs. And that song there he wrote with his good friend, Bruce Haynes, who's an awesome songwriter in his own right. And what a powerful singer he is. So Daryl, I think we ought to put on one more number one song by James Payne. And then we have an awesome message by James called Watering the Camels. <laughs> You're going to love this. Yes, sir. Let's do some picking and grinning. There you go. Crank up the music and let's have fun. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Well, clap your hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music. Come on, let's have church. David said to clap your hands and shout with a loud voice. Every time you come to church, you have to make a choice. You can sit there in your seat. You can act like you're asleep. I'm going to sing and praise the King of Kings. Crank up the music and let's have church. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Clap your hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music. Come on, let's have church. In those old camp meeting days when I was just a child. The music would start playing and folks would step out in the eye. They would drink that living water until it quenched their thirst and say, crank up the music. Let's have church. Crank up the music. 
music and less action Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first Clap your hands and testify of his mighty works Crank up the music, let's have church I'm tired of hearing people scream out at a football game Come to church and act real quiet while I praise Jesus' name If you feel the way I do, get out of your seat Let the Spirit move you from your head down to your feet Crank up the music, let's have church Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first Clap your hands and testify of His mighty works Crank up the music, let's have church Clap your hands and testify of His mighty works Crank up the music, let's have church Gary, you know what's better than a number one song from James Payne? What's that, Darrell? His preaching. Boy, you got that right. This right here uh, is a message. Every now and then, we need a good message. This is a message that uh, people will not soon forget. That's right. This is what is known as meat of the word. Now, this is some hard preaching. And you know what? If I'm sitting in church and the preacher's not excited about what he's preaching about, why should I get excited? But I got excited over this message. And you drivers out there, you're going to get excited too. And when you do, it's okay to stand up and shout. Yeah, after you go on the shoulder. (laughs) And if you get excited about this message, give us a call. That's right. Here is James Payne. I'm going to abbreviate some things for the sake of time this morning. But in Genesis, the 24th chapter, there's a story I want to relate to you. Uh, And the characters of this story are Abraham, Isaac, Abraham's elder servant out of his home, and then Rebecca. And also Rebecca's brother appears for a brief moment. But this message deals with opportunity, and it asks a question, and in a moment the question will make sense to you. And the question is, will you water the camels? In this story, it's time for Isaac, who is a type of Christ, to be married. Abraham was a type of God the Father. The servant was a type of the Holy Spirit, and Rebekah was a type of the church. How many of you are clear on that? Let me run it by you one more time. Abraham was a type of God, Isaac a type of Christ. The elder servant, a type of the Holy Spirit, and Rebecca, a type of the church. And Rebecca has the the job of watering camels. She doesn't wear silk garments. Her hands are calloused. Her her back is bent over. Uh, Today, she waters camels. And Abraham calls his eldest servant in, and Abraham is the richest man in that day. And he tells his elder servant, he said, I want you to go get a bride for Isaac, my son. 
And he said, everything in my house is yours. And so the elder servant loaded up 10 camels with silk and gold and silver and precious jewels and costly fragrances and starts out after a bride for Isaac. And on his way, he prays this prayer. Lord, when I come into the village, I'm going to go down by the well where the women gather to draw water. And if a woman offers me a drink and then offers me a drink for my camels, that will be the one that will be the bride for Isaac. How many of you are still with me that Abraham was a type of the father and Isaac was a type of Christ and the servant was a type of the Holy Spirit and Rebecca was a type of the church? How many of you are still with me? If so, say amen. So when the Holy Spirit was after a bride for Christ, the Holy Spirit was looking for someone that would go the extra mile. Now, this message is not popular in a lazy church. But I want to share something with everyone that's here. When, when you're ready for a change in your life, God will create an opportunity for that change to come about. When you get tired of watering camels, God will create a way for your life to change. I want to tell you five things this morning about opportunity. Number one, your appetite will create your opportunity. What you're hungry for is what God will bring about in your life. And Rebecca, no doubt, was hungry because she knew that something greater was in store for her life. You see, when I think about all the songs I've written and all the awards that I've received and the miles I've traveled and and the people I've preached to, it started with an opportunity on Sunday night to walk down to an evangelist and give a $20 bill for a country I'd never been to and to a people that I didn't know, but God created an opportunity for my life to be changed. And every time we come to church, God creates an opportunity. When the music starts, he creates an opportunity for us to worship. Come on. When, when the altar call is given, he creates an opportunity for us to go for prayer. Come on. And, and, and you see, God will create opportunity for what you are hungry for. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for a move of God in America. I'm hungry to see God visit our churches and pour out his spirit. I'm hungry to see the the miracles of God come back into the church where this man this morning, the doctors have given up. Mm, Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what God delights in, moving that out of their body. And so... The servant comes into the city down by the well, and, and, and the woman gives him a drink. And then she says, I will also water your camels. Now, are you ready for this? Ten camels. Each one weighs 1,562 pounds. Each one drinks 25 gallons of water in 10 minutes. She's got a jug about a gallon and a half. But the Bible said that she ran to the well and filled it up and ran back and poured it out. 
A mathematician calculated that with her jug and with those camels, she made 84 trips to that well, and it took her four hours to water those camels. Will you water camels? When God creates an opportunity for your life, will you go to Texas and tear sheetrock off a house? Come on. Will you give so that somebody else, you know, can hear the God? Will God creates an opportunity, will you step in that moment of opportunity? But see, what you got to understand is these camels are loaded down with silver and gold. And, and for those of you that don't believe God wants you to prosper, you need to think about this story. When the Holy Spirit went after a bride for Christ, he brought gold and silver and jewels and raiment and fragrance because I'm going to tell you what, this guy was smart. He knew what women liked. I was married 47 years to the same woman before the Lord called her to heaven. And no matter what trouble I got in, a diamond would get me out of it. Every time. Do you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? They even got a commercial that says, diamonds, they'll leave her breathless. I interpreted that differently. I said, diamonds, that'll shut her up. <laughs> you see, and, and, but what you got to understand is, she was hungry to have a life-changing experience. And God, she, didn't, she got up that morning just like every other morning. You don't know this may be your day. This may be the day God has chosen, amen, to set you on a road to blessing like you've never been on in your life. This may be the day when God, you know, has set you up, amen, to break things through in your life you've been praying about for a long time. As a matter of fact, during the worship, God told me to tell you those things that you wrote down. You're going to start checking them off your list, and there's going to be a revival in, in your house that will touch every member your house. You see, God told me that this morning during the worship service about that lady right there. Amen. Appetite creates opportunity. She's hungry to see it change. God created an opportunity. Four hours she's running to the well and running back. I'm telling you, this 21st century church wouldn't do that. And matter of fact, it, when you're praying for them, if God don't do something in five minutes, they're out the door. Am I still on? Can you still hear out there okay? I'm not sure. I feel like I'm back in that Baptist church two weeks ago. Are you ready for this? Every trip to that well was bringing her closer to her miracle. You may come in this church on Sunday morning and all hell breaking loose in your life and you don't feel like praising God and I've had those days and I'm sure you have too. And my mind is on everything I'm facing outside the church. But if I can just slip out of that for just a moment and get my hands up before God and just begin to glorify God. It's not long, oh it's not long until the power of God begins to be poured out on me and I begin to realize things are turning around in my life. She's watering these camels. But when she finishes, everything on those camels are going to belong to her. She's watering her harvest. Everything you do for God after you plant your seed, everything you do for God from that point on, amen, is bringing you closer to your miracle. Oh, every prayer you pray, every time you witness, every time you praise God, it's bringing you closer to your miracle. It's bringing you closer to what God has for you. 
Come on. You're going to get tired. I mean, Rebecca got tired, but she just kept on running. Why? Because these camels are going to belong to her. Come on. These camels are going to be her communication with her husband. These camels are her covenant connection to the richest man in the earth. Come on. It's her covenant. Come on. It's her, it's her, it's her transportation to her husband. I really believe if, if some women would listen to God when he creates opportunity, they would get a Boaz instead of a bozo for a husband. You know, after my wife passed away four years ago, I'd been married since I was 17 years old. I didn't want to be alone. Because the Bible said not good for man to be alone, and I'm going to tell you why. When you're alone, you don't have anybody to blame stuff on. For 47 years, I had a wife to blame stuff on. If I lost my keys, where's my keys? And I didn't want to be alone, but I was afraid to get married again. I'd had a good marriage. I didn't want a bad marriage. And after God started dealing with me, he said, you need to get married again. You're not good by yourself. And so I, I had an appetite to get married. And when you got an appetite, God will create an opportunity. And he brought this young woman in my life who was 19 years younger than me. Yeah. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wow. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I say that every time I look at God. Lord, hallelujah. You believe an old man got a woman like that at the house? Don't, don't, don't get me started. I'll leave here right now and get on my, I'll get in my pickup and head to Nashville. But you know, I had to take advantage of the opportunity. She called me on Valentine's Day and said, would you like to go out to eat? Yeah, the camel was looking for me. And, 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 uh, and that was an opportunity. And immediately I began to think, well, Lord, if I go out and something happens, what's the church going to think? And don't, don't look at me like you don't think they're going to think something. I've been in church 49 years. I, mean, I know how church folks are. I know how some of y'all are. I don't, I, first time I ever been here, but by the Holy Ghost, I know how some of y'all are. You know, and, and my wife had, you know, been, been, you know, in heaven for, you know, almost two and a half years, but I was still concerned about what folks going to think about. You know, he's getting married real quick. Well, how long am I supposed to stay single before it's all right with you? And I'd already been out on one date. Somebody set me up, and I went out on this one date, and about five minutes into it, I want to stick a fork in my eye so I could go home. It was that bad. And we're sitting there eating, and she looked up. She said, I want to be more than friends, and my heart went, And we've been newlyweds now for about a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and because she was young and rich instead of broke and ugly, I had folks that got upset with me. But I thank God every time she walks through the house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, the camels she's watering today are going to be hers tomorrow. Second thing about opportunity, you've got to understand, every opportunity God presents in your life has an expiration date. See, you can't get saved anytime you want to. 
You'll go to hell putting off the opportunity to be saved. Did you hear what I said? There's thousands, millions in hell this morning because they sat in a service just like this and the Holy Spirit convicted their heart and the Holy Spirit said, it's time for you to give your life to Jesus. And they said, we'll do it some other time. Listen, when God creates an opportunity, it's an opportune time. You better hear the voice of God. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put off, don't put off getting your life right with God. I knew that night I sat in that church for the first time. I knew that if I didn't go to the altar then, I'd go to hell. That's 49 years ago. God delivered me, set me free, filled me with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Number three, the moment you step into a moment of opportunity, God begins to bring you into a season of favor. How many of you have ever seen that in your own life? You, God would lead you to do something and, and, and you'd have an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody and the moment you did it, it seemed like everything turned around in your life. God just began to favor you. Come on, am I talking to you? God just began to favor you. God just began to bring you into a season, man, where everything just was a blessing in your life. Amen. You know, folks, I almost quit when my wife passed away. I almost just cursed God, shook my Bible in God's face, and said, if you were a real uh, God that I think you are, my wife would not have died. I know you've probably never been there, but I have. And, and I'm sharing that with you because some of you, you have those thoughts and you think, well, I must be abnormal. Nobody ever has these thoughts. You're looking at a preacher that had those thoughts. I wanted to go back to Jack Daniels. I wanted to go back to drugs. I couldn't deal with the hurt I felt in my heart and the loss I felt in my spirit. Come on. Amen. But the Lord gave me an opportunity to start reaching out to others who was hurting worse than me. And I just got up and I put my, I put my clothes on, got my Bible and said, I'm going to go preach and pray for the sick and win the lost. Amen. And I just did that. Two weeks after she went to heaven, I got my Bible and I was back in the pulpit. And I've been in the pulpit ever since. Come on. Pulling men out of the pit. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to step in that opportunity and believe God will turn things around for you. Fourth thing I want to say to you, God's not obligated to you beyond opportunity. Some of you wonder why your life's all messed up. It's, it's not because God's mad at you. It's because God created an opportunity and you didn't take advantage of it. You know, it reminds me uh, every time I see the news and I see these folks on top of their roof down in Texas waiting for a boat to come by to save them. I heard this story about a guy and he was on his roof like that. And a helicopter came over and threw a rope down to him. He said, I'm waiting on the Lord. And then a boat came by. He said, get in the boat. He said, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, he drowned, went to heaven. And he said, Lord, why am I in heaven? He said, well, I sent an opportunity. I sent a boat and I sent a helicopter. And you didn't take advantage of either one of them. And if you go to hell out of a church service and you don't get your life right with you have, you have no one to blame but yourself. If, if God's trying to, to bless you and, and, and he's leading you, you know, to, to, I believe in tithing. I go to, a, I got a home church. I believe in, in 10% of what you make goes to God. But there's a lot of folks sitting in the church pew and God's created an opportunity for you to tithe and open the winds of heaven and a blessing be poured out there ain't room enough to receive. And if you're too stubborn or too religious or too narrow-minded to take advantage of the opportunity... 
that's a spattering of all the tithers are clapping. God's not obligated to any of us beyond opportunity. There's a woman in 1 Kings 17, and it's a time of famine, and she's got one meal and a handful of meal, and and she's got enough oil to cook that, and her and her son are going to eat that, and they're going to die. Have you ever read that story? How many of you have ever read that story? And what did God do? God created an opportunity. He sent a preacher for lunch, and she baked the cake, and God got in the meal barrel, And she lived through the famine while everybody else died. You'll never convince me that God didn't create other opportunities for people who died. They just didn't take advantage of the opportunity. I've got to close with the fifth thing I want to say to you, and this is this. Missing a moment of opportunity is the costliest, most expensive mistake you'll ever make. If I were to ask for a show of hands this morning of you that God's created an opportunity, but it wasn't convenient at the time. Have you ever noticed God will always create an opportunity when it's not convenient? He'll seldom deal with me to, to, to give large offerings when I got plenty in the bank. But when I'm going through financial difficulties, some preacher will come on television and say, God's speaking to somebody to sow $1,000, and I know I'm one of them. That's how I got out of debt. Been out of debt 30 years personally. Been out of debt 30 years in my ministry. I don't owe anybody anything except to love them. But it was through an opportunity God created in Chicago, Illinois, when a preacher that I enjoyed, he, I was on the edge of my seat while he preached. Man, he was the best preacher I ever heard until he got down to the end of his message and he said, there's 120 people God's talking to to give $1,000. Well, I was over a million dollars in debt. I knew I wasn't one of them. Surely God must know where I am. But I knew I was one of the 120. And I, got a, I didn't have the money, but I got a pledge card, and I filled it out, put my real name on it, my real address. <laughs> I said, when I get it, I'm going to give it. I left there and went to Arkansas, and a woman ran up to me and said, I've been looking for you and gave me a $1,000 check. And I sent it to Chicago. Twelve months later, I paid everybody every dime I owed them, and I've been debt-free ever since that time because God created an opportunity. <laughs> Amen. Rebecca is going to be brought into the lineage of Jesus. She's going to be brought into the genealogy of Jesus. She's going to be connected to the Savior, but first she's got to water camels. Pastor, I pastored for about uh, 10 years, and I kept a list of people I was going to kill if I ever backslid (laughs) in that church. And so God finally delivered me before I had a prison ministry. He asked me to to go into evangelism. But what used to get me about church people, and you probably don't have anybody like this at Christ Community Church, but I'd ask them to do something. Well, I pray about it. Well, they're lying. They ain't going to pray about it, and they ain't going to do it. I know that. And every every man that comes there, they're going to get in line and try to get a miracle, and they're too lazy to do anything for God. I'm just kind of waiting until the shouting dies down. I can't hear myself by the roar of the crowd. 
You say, God will create opportunity, but we have to step in that moment of opportunity. Come on. I'm going to tell this now I'm closing. I was down in Texas about two years ago, and and I, I, I go in and raise money for churches that are in trouble. And I went into Texas church, was in foreclosure, and, and, and I figured up how many people I would need to give $1,000 in order to get the church out of foreclosure. And so I preached to them, and I challenged them, you know, to help me get this church out of foreclosure. Didn't mean anything to me. It was for the church. How many of you understand that? And so we got enough money, and we got the church out of foreclosure, and the church started growing. I went back there uh, about a 18 months, a year after that, and two men walked up to me. The first one walked up to me and said, when you challenged us to give, my business was going under, and God told me I couldn't do it, or the devil told me I couldn't do it, but God told me to do it. And he said, so I gave $1,000. He said, I just opened up my third business. Amen? Amen? Opportunity. But another man walked up to me, and here's what he said. He said, my farm was in foreclosure the night that you, or that morning you asked for $1,000. He said, I knew I was supposed to be one of them, but I told the Lord I couldn't do it. So he said, a few weeks after that, they sold my farm on the courthouse steps. And he said, a friend of mine bought it. And he said, a few weeks after he bought it, Shell Oil came into that part of the country looking for oil and drilling and asking some of the farmers if they could drill on their property. He said, the richest deposit of oil they found was on my previous property. He said, now I drive by that farm every day, and I hear your voice. And I hear God's voice saying it could have been different. He said, that man that bought it, he had to build a warehouse out back to put all of his new cars in. Well, it wasn't that man's fault. It was the man who God created an opportunity for. So I'm going to ask the keyboard player if they would just come back and play softly for a moment. Because God's going to create opportunity this morning for you that are in this building to change your life forever. I, I, I don't give secret altar calls because one of these days you're going to look at Jesus just like you're looking at me. You're going to stand before Jesus and look at him just like you're looking at me. I do too, brother. He said, I look forward to it. So do I. But there may be those here this morning that the very thought of that causes fear to come in your heart because you know where you are right now. If that were to happen, you wouldn't be ready to meet him. And so, everybody look at me. If that were to happen today or Jesus were to come today, Are you absolutely 100% sure? Is everything all right between you and the Lord, or do you need prayer today? I'm creating an opportunity for it to be different. But that decision is up to you. I've done everything I know to do. 97 years ago, God loved you so much, he sent somebody here to build a church. So that 97 years later, I could be here to preach and give an opportunity for you to go to heaven. That's how much God loved you. But if that don't impress you, 2,000 years ago, he sent his son to die on a cross and shed his blood so you could be born again. That's how much he loves you.
rock and a crazy place Even my family had given up on me Then I came face to face with amazing grace Oh, that's where I was when Jesus found me up and turn my life around I pray he never lets this old cowboy forget where I was when Jesus found me I've not always been the man With this guitar in my hand That you see standing on this stage tonight I was living deep in sin So empty within But then one night I saw the light Oh, that's where I was when Jesus found me He picked me up and turned my life around I pray He never lets this old cowboy forget Where I was when Jesus found me and the willing to admit our weakness is what God can use because when we think we can do it on our own we get in his way the Bible says the Lord is my strength and my shield my heart trusts in him see that's a big key to it right here that's called faith you have to trust in him and he helps me my heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him the Lord is the strength of his people a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. So see, we put all of our hope, all of our joy in him. I tell the chaplains all the time, just plant the seed. God will water it. Just plant the seed. He'll supply the sunshine and all the rain it needs. Because you see, the Holy Spirit does all the heavy lifting. We just need to be available and admit that we're weak, and through him we become strong. You know, drivers, uh, when we come to Jesus, when we come to the foot of the tree, the foot of the cross, when we bow our knees, we can do whatever God has called us to do, but we have to bow our knees and say, Lord, 
I give my life totally to you. I can't even move my hands. I can't button my shirt without you. But Lord, you be my hands. You be my strength. You be my guide. You lead me. You take me where you want me to go. I surrender my life totally to you this day. And if we will do that, if we will surrender our hearts, then God can do the impossible in our life. God is attracted to you because of your weakness. That's amazing. That's, that's, it's, that, it's, it's hard to get my head around it. Yeah. God wants to do something in your life this week, today, that's impossible. But you have to surrender totally to Him. You know, Gary, it was like when I tried to quit nicotine for years and years and years. I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't do it. But when I hit that altar, I didn't ask him to take that away. I didn't ask him. All I did was say, God, forgive me of my sins. And I said, I'm sorry, over and over, way too much. <laughs> but I got up from the altar, and that nicotine was gone. Yeah. It's been 11 years. I haven't touched any of it. But it's not my strength, it's through Him. Amen. Yeah, for me, it was alcohol. I was an alcoholic. At the age of 43, I surrendered my life totally to Him. Driving down the road. And you may be driving down the road right now. I didn't pull over. I didn't even think about pulling over. All I did was just say, Lord, I give my life totally to you. Come into my heart and save me. And He did. And when he did, he took that addiction of alcohol away from me. And it felt like the weight of the world came off my chest. And it felt like I was floating. And I floated on home. And I started trying to live the very best that I could for God. And I'm still trying. Amen. <laughs> We're, you know, that's one thing that will never stop. But the neat part about that is as we live our life, and we seek to do the impossible because we're a willing vessel. We're willing to get out there. You know, people that won't do things because they're worried about being foolish are foolish. Amen. you got to take that leap of faith and know that God's going to be with you. And trust me, I make mistakes sometimes. I mean, I don't need help making myself look like a fool. But if you put it to God in prayer... He'll help you, and he'll guide you. Amen. So, friends, we want you to do one thing for us. That's give us a call. My phone number is 618-383-2107. Call me, or you can call Chaplain Daryl Spicer. 615-663-3199. We want to hear some good news. Yeah. So, don't wait. Do it right now as you listen to this song. Standing there on the creek bank Oak tree and a rope swing My knees were shaking Man, I was scared to death I heard my best friend Bo say Come on, man, it's time to roll When you hit that water Just hold your breath 
Looking back now I can see It wasn't the fall, oh no The hardest part is letting go I try to just hold on But Lord knows I'm not that strong And I felt like giving up a time or two Sometimes the best laid plans are better left in God's hands When you realize that's all that you can do When you're face to face with the unknown The hardest part is letting go Sitting there by her bedside I watch her fighting for her life The doctor says We've done all we can I try to keep the faith I pray If there's any other way Don't want to say goodbye But Lord I understand Heaven's on the other side this one thing I know But the hardest part Is letting go I try to just hold on But Lord knows I'm not that strong And I felt like Giving up a time or two Sometimes the best laid plans are Better left in God's hands when you realize there's nothing you can do. When you're face to face with the unknown, the hardest part is letting go. Heaven's on the other side, this one thing I know. But the hardest part is letting go Yeah, the hardest part, oh, the hardest part is letting go Let's go to the Word of God. In go. Jeremiah 29, Verse number 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And you're thinking, boy, that's a lot of religious stuff. It's not religious, it's relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you give your heart to Jesus Christ and you diligently seek him in the cab of that truck, you'll find him. So drivers, we're just going to ask you right now today, if you're serious with God, if you're done playing games, and you're serious, and you want to seek him, to say these simple, this simple prayer. Father, I love you. Father, I know you love me. And I know that I can trust you. 
And Lord, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins. I know you went to the cross for my sins. And I ask now that you cover me in the blood of Jesus and let me live my life for him. Give me the peace that I seek and the desires of my heart that you said you'd give me. So I'm going to seek you and search you right now and ask for forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And drivers, obedience equals blessings. You want God's blessings? Then be obedient to what he's calling you to do. And he's calling each and every one of us to surrender our hearts to him. And that's what you just did if you prayed that prayer. And if you did, we want to hear from you. Give us a call. My phone number is 618-383-2107. And my phone number is 615-663-3199. And we're going to end today's program with my testimony in song. It's called At the Foot of the Tree. And this is Dennis McKay to sing it for you. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those eighteen wheels are rolling that old lonesome road And I shared the good news Wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past but I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At 
the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree